of the time, our churches want to preach to you a cute version of Jesus. But I'm going to preach today that dangerous version of Jesus. I'm talking about that dangerous side of Jesus that got him killed. That side of Jesus. I'm talking about the side of Jesus where if you preach this accurately, they would stone you or kill you. I'm talking about the type of Jesus that if we were to allow him to grace our pulpits, many pastors would never invite him back because his message would contradict the pastor's agenda. Because if Jesus could preach in our churches on today, <laughs> I'm talking about that dangerous Jesus, that version of Jesus that will flip over tables in our lobbies. That's more about a church brand than the Great Commission. That dangerous Jesus that will flip over these royal chairs that be in pulpits, that have pastors acting as though they're celebrities and mini stars instead of ministers. And they care more about gaining followers than making disciples. I'm talking about that Jesus. That, that Yo, welcome to the show, everybody. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of Twisted Youngins. We thank you all for your support. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. And if you aren't in the Word of God, I encourage you strongly to open the Bible and start to read. The world is falling apart. If you were to die today, where's your soul going to? Do you even know? Do you even care? If you don't care, then you're going down the right path. But if you do care, you got that thought in your mind, it's time to get right, man. It's time to follow the Lord. Uh, Jesus is the truth. He is the life. Time to turn from your wicked ways. It is. Jesus say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So if you, if you want to come to the Father, you got to go by Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And if you don't know what he did on the cross, then I don't know. You, you're not saved. And you need to... Get uh, you need to open that Bible up and start to follow Christ, man, and realize that you know if you fall in this this system of the world, you're gonna end up in hell, you know, because these they're gonna pass they passing laws daily that's going against uh, the word of God. So you if you you know messing with a man is good, it's legal, you can get married to a man, but you're gonna end up in hell because God says man should not lie with mankind as he lies with the woman. If he does, that's abomination. You know Some of these men out here having a ball, they laying and rolling around, ain't they? <laughs> women, women as well. <laughs> women too. Women. You know what? Yeah, w women too. Women yeah, too. A lot of these women, women too. I can't so. get you know women too. We just um, want to give God praise through this podcast, and uh, yeah, thank you all for like, comment, subscribing. Make um, sure you hit that bell icon so every time we you know video come out, it pops up. Yeah. Make sure you yeah. subscribe, hit the bell icon. Yeah. If you want to leave a donation, it's totally up to you. The cash app is at the bottom of the screen. Um, if you also, if you have a testimony that uh, you would like to share um, of how you became a follower of uh, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, how you came out of sin and uh, or anything that you're battling with, uh, leave a comment or send an um, email to twistedyoungins at gmail.com. We would love to have you on the show. Amen. Um, all right, so let's get started. We were talking about men rolling around with men and women rolling around with women. So we do have, you know, our first story they're going to open up with. A transgender father, Stephanie, leaves family in Toronto to start new life as a six-year-old girl. Now, this is a true story. I thought it was fake until I did research, but it is true. Now, a Canadian transgender father left behind a wife and seven children to begin a new life as a six-year-old girl. Stephanie, which... Um, that's what you call him. I think his last name is Wolfshoot. He's 46 year old. He has been married for 23 years. And he said he was married for 23 years before he realized he was a transgender. Uh, he is now living with an adoptive family and says he does not want to be an adult right now. He says, I can't deny I was married. I can't deny I have children. But I've moved forward and now I've gone back to being a child. Now, uh, he said he said in this video his wife could not accept him being a transgender woman um he was told either to stop being trans or to leave and he said to me to stop being trans is it something i could do he said it would be like telling me to stop being six foot two or leave he said he said feeling rejected by his family 
Uh, Stephanie now lives with an adopted family who says they are totally comfortable with being a little girl. He explains that his new parents, their youngest granddaughter, wanted a little sister and decided that Stephanie, which is this gentleman, would be younger than her. He said, we have a great time. We color, we do kid stuff. He said, it's called play therapy. No medication, no suicidal thoughts, and I just get to play. Um, earlier, uh, Stephanie spoke of how he became suicidal and was hospitalized a month after taking part in the first Toronto Transgender March in 2009. He said after he was discharged, his wife accused him of harassment and assault and pressed charges against her to achieve a restraining order. Um, he said in 2012, his eldest daughter invited him to their wedding, but requested that he had to dress like her dad, in other words, being normal, and to sit at the back of the church and not address any members of the family. And he said the day of the daughter's wedding, uh, he felt uh, he attempted suicide for the last time and was uh, unsuccessful. Uh, he, he now receives re uh, support from the Metropolitan Community Church of Toronto, where the congregation is mostly made up of LGBT people. Wow. That's crazy. And that's crazy. So basically, he feels he's he's tra trapped inside of a little six year old body. And he's choosing no, to he, be yeah, he feels a like six year old girl. He's at trapped that. inside of him. Like he, he said, he, it, that's just like me not being six foot tall. <laughs> six foot tall. You know, like that's crazy. And that's crazy. the thing is, what he's giving him over to a reprobated mind. To do those things that he ought not. But what family? You know, you have a son. You wouldn't adopt a forty-six-year-old to pretend to be a five-year-old <laughs> so he can play with your. They sick child. too. They you sick. coming in my house? Yeah, they sick You a whole grown man, woman, and you know you. Oh, I just that is just sick. That is really sick, man. Uh, so these people, are, they won't have an excuse. Romans one verses twenty. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So they know God exists because they are here. Everything has a everything you see has a creator. And talking about her trans two-year-old, if I'm not mistaken. Let's watch some of this. Okay, so first of all, I will say that the process, the journey is ongoing and probably will be for potentially her entire life, but here's how it started. So she was uh, designated, assigned, observed male at birth. And until about 18 months, didn't really, you know, know too much, just kind of was raising two kids, working full time, not really paying attention to what was going on. And at around 18 months, started she started showing signs of like really being interested in things that her sister had and had in her closet and wanting to play dress up and wanting to put on lip gloss. And when she would see fingernails, she would want her fingernails painted too. And, you know, we just, we thought it was cute. No issue. We had no issue with, you know, her wanting to do those kinds of things. Um, and then around the age of two, things started to progress at a quicker pace. And so each time that we would go to pick her up from preschool, she was fully outfitted in dresses and jewelry. And so I will say I was super stoked that we had such a wonderful childcare center that she was in because she was allowed to, you know, experiment with her gender and play dress up and do those kinds of things and have access to them. So when I would go to pick her up from preschool, like I said, she would be dripping in, you know, just jewelry and clicky shoes and all kinds of stuff. And getting her to take that off to go home was usually a pretty gnarly struggle. Uh, and then pr around the age of four, she started wanting to wear like leggings and headbands. She had this one headband she was completely attached to that she felt, I, I look back on it now and think to myself, gosh, I wonder when she put that, that headband on, she thought to herself, people see me for who I am. No one's gonna misgender me now. Um, and so it, it progressed. It just kept moving in that direction with more and more things that started showing more and more signs. Um, she would say, when I wake up tomorrow, I'll be a girl. And we were kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. Ooh. And my husband and I would be like, we gotta, we gotta figure this thing out. And so kind of for that final test, my husband decided, you know what, we're gonna figure this thing out. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna tap into this and see what happens. So he said, you know, I'm gonna coach a t-ball team and I want her to be on it. And so I was like, all right, let's do it. 
well, that didn't go over so well. She not only hated T-ball, she hated the uniform, she hated the hat, oh, she okay. found everything in the trash multiple times. Well, if he hated T-ball, then he must be a girl. There's no other explanation. Obviously, that was the final, right? That's when they knew that was the final. Time. Will soon be the justification for suspending all freedom of speech. A new law will ban speech that offends transgenderists near drag performances. So you can't complain. Good morning, everyone. Well, I bet you didn't think it would take a drag queen to throw on a lash and sashay to Queen's Park to stomp out a very important issue, did you? Apart from the glamorous, dazzling, and wacky characters I play on television or in venues around the world, I also deal with the very real struggles of homophobia, hate crimes, and acts of purposeful intent to intimidate and now disqualify who I am as a person and what I do as a job. The drag communities are, do, are, are done waiting for this government to take real action in effective ways, and so is the Ontario NDP. The proposed legislation does two things, and I will go through them. Firstly, it enables the Attorney General to create a 2S LGBTQI+, community safety zone to prohibit within 100 meters of the property any homophobic, transphobic act of intimidation, threat, offensive threats, offensive remarks, protest, disturbance, and distribution of hate propaganda within the meaning of the uh, criminal code. It also comes with it a penalty of $25,000 if prosecuted successfully. So here's a rule of thumb that is worth tacking on your refrigerator because it explains so much. If the people who claim to be victims are working to... Go ahead and put up the first slide. I, I guess my question is, how much taxpayer money should go to fund drag queen story hours on military bases. You know, drag drag queen story hours is not something that uh, the department funds. Well, wait a second. Uh, that's actually not what the record seems to suggest. You were going to fund one at Ramstein Air Force Base. That one got canceled, but that's DOD insignia. That's a drag queen story hour for children. Then also at... Uh, Malstrom Air Force Base outside of Great Falls, Montana, you had a, a drag queen story hour for kids. At the Joint Base Langley Eustis, you put on a drag queen story hour on a Saturday for the first ever kid-friendly diversity, equity, inclusion summer festival. And at Nellis Air Force Base, you had the Drag U Nellis on June 17th. Who funded these things, Mr. Secretary? Listen, uh, drag shows uh, are not something that the Department of Defense uh, supports or funds. Wait, why, why are they happening on military bases? I just I just showed you the evidence. Why are they happening? I will say again, this is not something that we support or fund. Well, you, so you think hosting a drag queen story hour on a military base isn't supporting the drag queen story hour? The former Navy SEAL who lived as a transsexual for the last 10 years says he's no longer trans. Appearing on the Robbie Starbucks show, Chris Beck, formerly known as Kristen Beck, suggests he became transsexual in 2012 because he suffered from adjustment disorder and wanted to get rid of the caveman he had become. I had some trauma, you know? And now I'm walking into our psychologist's office and one day, one day I had a letter in my hand saying I was transgender. I was authorized hormones, I was authorized all this other stuff. Just one hour with a VA psychiatrist and Beck began the transgender transition. Beck is a highly decorated Navy SEAL who served in the military for 20 years. He told Starbuck that he parroted the words that he was told by psychologists and liberals who profited from his gender dysphoria. He likens it to brainwashing and says he was told he could make millions of dollars. He and professor of psychiatry and Speckard wrote the book Warrior Princess Beck explained that groups gave him awards for simply walking into a room. They'd tell him how courageous he was. Really? I guess coming out as trans is more courageous than facing down the Taliban in Afghanistan or Al-Qaeda in Iraq? Although Beck became transgender after his military service, liberals used him to help advance their agenda to impose transgenderism on the U.S. military. The thinking was, if a former Navy SEAL could become trans, then why couldn't trans people serve in the military? Beck warns parents against giving their children hormones or allowing them to undergo gender reassignment surgeries. He says it's all about protecting the mental health and well-being of our nation's children.
and he urges parents to do research and examine data from Sweden, where sex reassignment surgeries and treatments have been going on for years. And now these children that did this really young, they're getting older now. And what's happening to them now? What's the suicide rate? What's happening to them now and what are they looking at in their life? I look back at my life and I see how I destroyed everything in my life that was holy. The temple of God, our body is what we have here. We're hurting our kids, kids are dying. And I don't want that to happen, it's killing me because I helped do that. CNN and how they use me, part of my image is, is hurting these kids. Everything that happened to me for the last 10 years is just, it's just horrible. It destroyed my life. I destroyed my life. I'm not a victim. I did it to myself, but I had some help. He sure did, and so have others suffering from trauma or gender confusion. Beck says thousands of gender dysphoria clinics are now popping up around the country. And suddenly, transgenderism has become popular. A multi-billion dollar industry has been created. Folks, God made me in her image. God made me transgender. And to see these people so cynically weaponize this and exploit these children's debts and their teachers' debts, it breaks my heart. I wonder what those families are thinking right now. What do you what do you mean, feel when you have somebody like Michael Knowles say at CPAC, we need to eradicate transgenderism, and when somebody like Tucker Carlson says that transgender people are at war with Christians? I can't see Christ in their words. That's for damn sure. I can't see where the biblical principles of loving your neighbor. Ain't no pastor telling you that makes any sense. What church are you going to? These people just be making up stuff. You, you Listen, God's love isn't deception. God's love is truth. God gave you XX or XY chromosomes. That's what God gave you. You the one tripping. He has a creator. No matter what you, when you go outside, your, your, uh, I told this one guy, he seemed like a, uh, he like philosophy type of stuff. I said, your, your, um, Plato what, type guy. Yeah, he, he, he like that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, type of talk. Yeah, mm -hmm. So I told him, I said, your perception of reality is made by a human being because he was trying to say, you know, the Bible was written by a human. I, I told him your perception of reality was made by a human being. Mm. Everything you consider as knowledge, everything you consider you know or you see or what you see was created by a human being. So what's wrong with God using a human being to write the Bible? How through the Holy Spirit. How is he gonna reach you? Yeah. So when he thought about that, he tried to think about it. He was like, "Dang, he just told me, a little security guard just told me, just wrapped my head, made me." Think about everything One guy I told uh, Everything Yeah Everything was ever created Was by your perception of reality You know It was created by a human being And he was like No Cause you know What about books And he thought about it Who created books <laughs> He started thinking He's like Oh snaps Yeah man Now you got people That are up. into philosophy Thinking Cause honestly yeah. I used to read uh, I'm not gonna say I used to read philosophy books But I used to read uh, Plato and uh, Socrates I, I used to uh, Like their um, the, Their their perceptions And how they thought About things But that was before I got into the word of God You know what I mean yeah. So And since then Like all that has changed so, yeah, but you know how to talk to those type of people. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because you know, in those readings, they they put in there, you know, what a just man should be, and right. you know, you know, so it's, it's it definitely sounds good and logical to a person who's not in the Word of God, and, and they are reading it. So, um, but yeah, so moving right along, J.P. Morgan to uh, pilot biometric. Biometrics-based payments for merchants. So J.P. Morgan will begin piloting um, biometric-based payments with select retailers in the U in the U.S. This is the first pilot solution to launch from J.P. J.P. Morgan Payments' new commerce solution suit of products dedicated to helping merchants adapt to the rapidly evolving payments landscape. Now, its biometrics-based payment pilot includes palm and face identification for payments, authentication in-store, and works on an uh, in-roll capture authentic pay basis. Now, global biometric payments are expected to reach uh, $5.8 uh, and three uh, billion users by 2026 according to google intelligence now uh, jp morgan payments biometrics pilot offering should allow for fast and secure now pay attention because this is what they sell you in the back of the box for fast secure and simple checkout experience experiences for its merchants customers delivering a modern 
payment experience to enhance customer loyalty. As the local global merchant acquirer, JP Morgan Payment is uniquely positioned to enable the solution to meet shopper expectations without compromising security and reliability. Now, if you all don't know who JP Morgan is, okay, this is literally one of the top banks, investors, uh, a lot of wealthy people, they bank with uh, JP, JP Morgan, and they're more than just a bank. So um, for them to roll out a whole biometric-based payment for their merchants, this just is another clue to get you all to open your eyes to see what kind of uh, age or new world we are headed in. You know what I mean? Um, this is one of the top. It's not this is not your local community bank. This is a bank to where you got millions, uh, hundreds, hundreds of thousands in, uh, possibly billions. This is that, and they're rolling out biometrics. And if you don't know what biometrics is, you know you got to scan your palm, you know your eye, or a digital ID. Digital identity is digital. Your face. Um, yeah. 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 If the government were ever to digitize currency, your freedoms would evaporate. They could zero out your bank account and make you impoverished for being disobedient. You would be a serf at best. And with that in mind, you should know that central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, are about to become the norm in Europe. The president of the European Central Bank, Christine Lagarde, has just said that Europeans will not be able to use more than $1,000 in cash anymore. Now we have in Europe this threshold Above 1,000 euros, you cannot pay cash. If you do, you're on the gray market. So you take mm -hmm. your risk. You get caught, you are fined, or you go in jail. So you go to jail for spending your own money if they don't control it. That's coming here. Tulsi Gabbard has spoken out against it. She, of course, ran for president, served in the House from Hawaii, and joins us now. Congressman, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Tucker. Do you, this is so dystopian, you'd hate to think it could ever come here. You think it might. Well, yeah, I mean, this is just the latest effort by those in power in our country who are intent on undermining and taking away our own freedoms and liberties. This, this central bank digital currency is about government-sanctioned surveillance and control. It's about them being able to keep track of every single thing that we purchase, whether it's a stick of gum or an automobile or anything in between. So if they have all this inf information and data, which they will in this system, then where does that lead? It gives them the power to decide, okay, well, hey, we don't want to allow you to purchase certain things or we may deem it necessary to, to freeze your overall account. This power and, and what they can do with it, it's not something we have to imagine. We've already seen how Democrats in Congress, Elizabeth Warren and others, are pressuring credit card companies to code and keep track of any purchase that's made at a store that sells firearms. Why? So that these private companies can then say, hey, this person is purchasing, I don't know what, what they deem is kind of the threshold, but they will then report that as suspicious activity to law enforcement and then expect law enforcement to take action and go after the purchases, legal, legal purchases that a private person made. So this all comes back to, to how you open this. Once we give up our economic autonomy, we no longer have freedom. Once we allow someone else to control our wallet, they then control our freedom. It's pushing ahead into a cashless society. It's creating a new digital currency to replace paper money and coins. It will also give the Communist Party total knowledge of how the Chinese people are spending their money. And that opens the door for unprecedented government control. The Chinese were the first in the world to invent paper money back in the 7th century. Now, more than 1,400 years later, China is again on the cusp of creating a new form of government currency that some say could pose a serious economic threat to America and the West. China is about to launch one of the most revolutionary financial projects in the world. They're not cryptocurrencies. Uh, they're not so-called stable coins. In effect, they are uh, the national uh, physical currency 
of a country just represented in a digital forum. Eric Bethel is the former U.S. executive director of the World Bank. Bitcoin near record highs, crossing 23,000. He says while the world fixates on private cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. But the digital yuan isn't a payment system. It's actual money. Beijing is busy building a digital version of its own currency, the yuan, also known as the renminbi to control its citizens and eventually threaten the dominance of the U.S. dollar. They've pretty much created all of the building blocks uh, that will allow a central bank digital currency to, to flourish. And Yaya Fanusi, a former economic and counterterrorism analyst in the CIA, says China's goal is to replace cash with a digital currency that's controlled by the communist government's central bank. The system we have now has actually broken down, only we haven't uh, quite recognized it. And so you need to create a new one. And this is the time uh, to do it. The decline in the value of the dollar is necessary in order uh, to uh, compensate for the fact that the U.S. economy will remain rather weak, will be a drag on the global economy. China will emerge as the motor replacing the U.S. consumer. And China will be the, the, the engine driving it forward. So there would be a slow uh, um, decline in the value of the dollar, a managed uh, decline. And that would be the, the adjustment that it needs to be that's that's what that is and um, a lot of more you know more people were headed towards this uh, biometric uh, way you know they get you warmed up because uh, you have to uh, certain places you got to scan your fingerprint like if you work at a certain job a certain data center uh, in order to get in you got to scan your fingerprint <clears throat> so when you got to scan your face or scan your eye it's not going to be too foreign to you because you're already scanning your fingerprint if you got to scan your palm it's not going to be too foreign because you're already giving your fingerprint um and I was, um, what is this? I was, um, and you know the funny thing is, um, when I was growing up, I was watching this uh, on um, Nickelodeon. It used to be this, uh, it was this movie called Smart House. And it came out in 1999. And in the movie Smart House, this family, um, this family had um, won this uh, raffle to uh, for opportunity to live in a smart house. But long story short, in this smart house, you know, it'll tell you what to do. You can tell the temperature to turn on, make me a smoothie. You can, you know, tell the house like that. Tell me what time to wake me up. But the girl had um, cut herself, you know, um, and the smart, you know, the smart house or the whatever the AI that they had running the house. Basically, once she scanned her um, palm or put her fingerprint there, it, it, it took like a little millimeter prick into her finger and got just a tiny sample of her blood and was able to uh tell her how much she weighed now now i'm not saying it does all of this but in the movie is what it did it told her how much she weighed how tall she was the color of her hair the color of her eyes um what was going on in her body you know what kind of food you know it was able to give her a whole dna makeup just by that little blood sample and the lady in the movie she was like what just uh the little girl's like what just happened she was like, oh, she just took a little blood sample, was able to read to you this and that. But that was, I just thought about that. And that was a, a movie in, that came out in 1999. It was called Smart House. But uh, fast forward 23, 24 years later, um, we're definitely headed to this uh, smart era. Um, electric cars. The first, the first smart house I ever heard about was Bill Gates. Back when it, it said if, if it'll read your His body. Heat, yeah. if you Body heat temperature. Yeah. 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 He had one already. This was when I was in school. I heard about that because yeah. back then you was like, "Everybody, like, what? He got a house to do all that? Like, that's crazy!" But it's all coming. Like, it's they've been had all this stuff, y'all. Yeah, yeah. They've been had all this stuff. They, it wasn't available been, to us. They've been living like thirty to forty years ahead of us. That's crazy. We just now getting up to speed, but but that is um that is uh, weird. That weird is is interesting to know that not only that's where we're headed. But um, how it could be, how it's, uh, you know, you mentioned episode, how digital currency can be weaponized, right. how this whole digital era could be weaponized and used for more control, because now you're entering into a new system to where everything you do is going to be put into a system. Yeah. The devil got to get it to where you won't be able to buy and sell unless you had a mark. So it has to come through this way. 
you know. Just like uh, I, I mentioned on the last uh, episode about the, um, the Temple Mount, mm. they, you know, for the Antichrist to come in there and blaspheme against God, they got to build it. Mm. So they're, they're building the foundation for the New World Order. Which is going to be controlled and taken over by the Antichrist. And they've been this, building this, this for a long time. They've yeah, been building this for a while. They have to take while. these little baby steps, you know. Baby steps to where um, you wouldn't really notice it. And seeing, I think, makes it go faster. You know, when, when Obama came and said same-sex marriage. Mm, that was a big piece of it. a man and a woman. That, that, was like, that was like the line to yeah. where it's like, if I could get this passed. That was like yeah. the fine line you cross. Yeah. And I'm and he wouldn't have. And now they infusing the trans. I didn't know back then. You ain't know nothing about no trans. Wasn't no trans nowhere. Once he did that, he opened the floodgates. And but he all you heard was, oh, he's you know going to be the first black president. You know, sir. You know they sold you, they sold you a good a, a good package, and we all fell for it. And um, he was the first Kenyan president. He wasn't black. He he didn't his. Uh, Parents did not descend from slavery. Mm. Plus, he had the bloodline. Of course, yeah. of course, um, and he's a mason. Yeah, he's he, he more related to Bush than he is us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, keep it real with you. Um, you know, we're Negroes. The Designer Van Bible Dictionary says oh, what, what they say: Hammond is the progenitor of the dark race, but not the Negro. So he more related to Bush. So while we because this wasn't going to be a topic, but I didn't know that Farrakhan was a Mason. Was, you know, I didn't know that that Farrakhan was a Mason. Yeah, you, you think they're gonna let him have control of all them black people? But I have a person and, people, and not be able to control him because I never read the Quran before. But can you serve two masters in the Quran? Can, are you able to do be part of multiple organizations if you follow Allah? I think it don't really matter. You know, Jesus is the way. So therefore, True, it's, but it's, no, but, it's, but, but, it's but leading you to hell anyway. So it of doesn't course. matter. But shouldn't this be a wake up for the people that call themselves the, the black, the Muslims? Hey. If, 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 if your main guy is a whole Mason hey, and he's getting a high reward. So he he ain't no, uh, he's a high rank Mason. So yeah, um, put him up there and they want to be able to control him. Three congressmen introduced gold standard bill to stabilize the dollar's value. So it says as America faces the twin threats of inflation and bank failures, three U.S. congressmen introduced a pivotal sound money bill that would enable the Federal Reserve note dollar to regain stable footing for the first time in more than half a century. So uh, the gold standard restoration act to facilitate the uh, repegging of the volatile federal reserve note to a fixed weight of gold billion, bullion, bullion, bullion. Okay. So it says that upon the passage of the HR 2435, the U S treasurer and the federal reserve are given 24 months to publicly disclose all gold holdings and gold transactions after which time the federal reserve note dollar will be formally repegged to a fixed weight of gold as it's uh, then market price. So um, long story short, um, they're saying the gold standard will protect against uh, Washington's irresponsible spending habits and the creation of money out of thin air. Prices would be shaped by economics rather than the instincts of uh, bureaucratics. No longer would American families, businesses, and the economy as a whole be at the mercy of the Federal Reserve and reckless Washington spenders. Now, th- this does sound good, you know, but uh, I don't think uh, this would hold up. And as you all could see, like if you all didn't know, you know, some people don't believe nothing's wrong with the American dollar. I mean, because you have... Um, is because because you have money in the banking account, but when you have uh, uh, reports coming out saying that the dollar is not stable, right. what does that tell you? If they're trying to find something else to back it up, right. so um, but yeah, that was just a quick gem that I was just gonna throw in there real quick. All right, um, there was a man um, bad weather, um, tornadoes happening. Uh, I like to give these updates of the tornadoes, uh, hap- not just tornadoes. But there were also um, Speaking of that This is a Tornado warning I don't work Because I just got that too What did they say That was like It says uh, 
you know, out in Beijing, they had severe sandstorms. Sandstorm blanket Beijing and northern China's air pollution soars off the charts. A severe sandstorm has swept across Beijing and several northern provinces in China, blanketing the region in thick clouds of orange dust and sending air pollution soaring to hazardous levels, state authorities uh, said on Wednesday. Now, on top of this... Um, on top of this uh, sandstorm in China, uh, I believe a volcano erupted in some part in Russia that really affected Alaska um, that caused severe ash dust or uh, something like that. Um, we did have tornadoes recently um, uh, that, you know, people lost their lives to. Uh, so just keep an eye on the weather, guys. And, um, you know, all this stuff is, you know, happening at once. And, um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, what else do we got? Oh. Um. There is a, um. Jim Jordan. He, uh, subpoenas, uh, FDI, FBI director Ray. W-R-A-Y. Now, the House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan has issued a subpoena to FBI Director Christopher Wray in connection with a non-withdrawn memo that explored avenues for gaining information on white supremacist interaction with local Catholic churches. Um, basically, uh, and it's not just Catholic churches. Uh, basically, you got undercover people going in churches now. That Long story short. The FBI in the Richmond Field Office was looking to put sources in churches, have informants in Catholic parishes. That's what they were looking to do. Someone needs to give them a lesson in the First Amendment. This memorandum that they put together that we now have, a, uh, now have, this memorandum talks about doing just that. And it was signed off on by two senior analysts and the chief division counsel there. How can a lawyer sign off on something like, and frankly, but for the whistleblower, I don't know that this wouldn't still be going on. And this thing was sent out to all the other field offices. Now stop and think for a second. Yesterday was probably more Americans in church than any other day of the year. The day we celebrate the resurrection of our savior. More millions of Americans going to church. Now what if this FBI thing would have been carried out? There would be people in the church spying on fellow parishioners, fellow, fellow churchgoers. That, that's what they were looking to do. That's how scary this is, what they've done to the first amendment. And when you put it in context, Remember, the FTC a few weeks ago, we learned, was asking a private company, who are the journalists you're talking to? Name four personally. Two of those journalists testified. When one of them's testifying, while, while Democrats are asking who his sources are, the FBI's knocking on his door. And now we learn that here in the last month, now we learn that the FBI was looking to put informants and develop sources in churches where you go to talk to your pastor, to your priest. That's exactly uh, what it is. It says the limited information that was provided to the committee makes clear that we must uh, possess all responsive material without redactions from this selective production. We know that the FBI relying on information derived from at least one undercover employee sought to use local religious organizations as new avenues for tripwire and source development. Jordan wrote pointing to prior letters seeking information uh, on their memo. Americans attend church to worship, to congregate for their spiritual and personal betterment. They must be free to exercise their uh, fundamental First Amendment rights without worrying that the FBI may have planted so-called tripwire sources or other informants in their houses of worship. Mm. The FBI people are coming into the churches. Yeah. Mm. Yes, they are. That's the main part, main place they be at, cause they want to know what the preacher, what what kind of preacher is up there preaching, mm. what the people in the crowd, you know, how they believe in what they believe in, or you know, is he saying what he's saying about this country? You know, they know these pastors have great power. Mm. They, you know, some can go demonic and use it in different ways. Some can become radical. Are you in agreement uh, with the contract that you signed, saying you wouldn't preach on this? You know, or, we, <laughs> or you know what you in here talking about. You know, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, um, it's a lot. 
I, I bet you majority of these black black churches is black people in there with suits on, spying at everybody, seeing what the pastor talking about, looking at you while you up in there coming to the communion, coming, coming. Don't Eat believe fellowshipping, in, and don't eat. believe at all in Christ. He's, he, they got their agenda. Tithing good. Put, putting a little money in the drawers so they can see. <laughs> you never know. We just want you to go to the black church. You never know. You heard man. this one pastor is preaching them good and teaching. Go watch him. You know, <laughs> for real though. You better no, know. No, that's it. facts. You better know it, man. You got uh, Montana lawmakers vote to completely ban TikTok in the state. So Montana became the first U.S. state uh, to pass leg- uh, legislation banning TikTok on all personal devices, sending a bill to Governor Greg Glanforte prohibiting TikTok from operating within state lines and bearing app sto- and bearing app stores from offering TikToks for downloads. Now the legislation marks the furthest step yet by a state government to restrict TikTok over perceived security concerns, and comes as some federal lawmakers have called for a national ban of TikTok. Now, lawmakers in Montana's House voted 54 to 43 to give final approval to the bill known as SB 419. Should uh, Glanforte sign the bill, it would take effect in January, but the legislation would quickly face significant legal uh, challenges. So they are really trying to come for TikTok, and this is like one of the first state, states to take the step to completely ban it from all personal devices. You yeah, all, we had a good run. The Biden administration asking the public for help regulating artificial intelligence after a bot laid out plans to destroy humanity. It also comes a month after Elon Musk joined other tech leaders warning about the risk to society if AI is not reined in. Jake Denton is a tech policy research associate at the Heritage Foundation. He joins us live in studio. Jake, I have to admit, I'm absolutely terrified of this. And you know, my mind always goes to, you know, when you see this this chaos, this AI bot chaos, GPT tweet, human beings are among the most destructive and selfish creatures in existence. But there is no doubt that we must eliminate them before they cause more harm to our planet. I, for one, uh, am committed to doing so. Like, my heart rate's up when I talk about this. You know, we talked about this before we came into this segment. It's in movies. So somewhere, some, somehow, they came up with this. I mean, is this enough to be scared about? Yeah, so, you know, Hollywood has been the reference point for a long time for how, you know, normal people can understand this outside of the, the lines of code. Um, and it's absolutely something to be scared of, right? And these are well-founded ideas and fears of the AI space that have been represented in Hollywood. Um, and they're now something we're grappling with in real time. And unfortunately, you know, we've been caught flat-footed. There is no regulatory framework. Uh, companies like Microsoft and their, their layoff waves get rid of their entire ethics team uh, that's tasked with handling these things. That's a very scary thing. And all of a sudden, we're, we're looking at widespread commercial deployment. Uh, things will be ingrained in your own laptops and, and you know across our school systems, everywhere. Uh, there'll be nowhere to escape. So if, if it isn't built on a solid foundation, it is a very scary thing. If you think that's scary, how scary is it that Joe Biden and his administration are like, we don't know what to do. Maybe public, you can help us out. That's chilling. Yes, yeah, so the regulatory comment process is something that's very common, but it's not often engaged with across the kind of the average people. This one's notable because, I mean, frankly, it's it's quite obvious our regulators have no idea how to handle this. There's from the Machine Intelligence Research Institute who says that if there is not an indefinite pause on AI development, this is a quote, literally everyone on Earth will die. <laughs> Would you agree that does not sound good? <laughs> Your delivery, Peter, is quite—it's quite something. It sounds crazy, but is it? Uh, all I can say is that there's a comprehensive process in place. We put out a blueprint back in October, as you know. I don't have anything to share, but it is a cohesive federal government approach to AI-related risks, as you just laid out in a very dramatic way. Uh, but clearly, is there <laughs> anything tra- more dramatic? I than mean, you just read it. Literally, everyone that- on Earth will die. Pretty, pretty dramatic. Pretty dramatic. Um, <laughs> Humanity in danger from new artificial intelligence technology. Some tech experts fear it could be. An open letter signed by the leading voices in tech is calling for a six-month pause in development. 
warning that language-based models like ChatGTP, which generate human-like responses, could one day attempt to replace humans and even try to rule the world. Tech leader Elon Musk warned about artificial intelligence in this 2018 interview. The danger of AI is much greater than the, the, the danger of nuclear warheads, by a lot. Um, and nobody would suggest that we allow anyone to just build nuclear warheads if they want. The release of OpenAI's chatbot has sparked a multi-billion dollar race between Microsoft and Google to offer competitors. I'm afraid um, that the whole world, and no exaggeration, 18 months from now, the world as we know it could be unrecognizable. Christian author and faith leader Johnny Moore is asking religious leaders to support the pause. Robots will now take their place beside the city's men and women in blue. CBS2 political reporter Marcia Kramer shows us the mayor says he is calling the world for the latest technology to put the NYPD at the forefront of fighting crime. From a galaxy far away, or at least Times Square, the NYPD enters the 21st century with crime-fighting robots to patrol subway stations or the crossroads of the world. Not only does this robot sound an alarm, but it can also send messages. Yes, it can really talk, either to people who need help or to the bad guys. Hello, Mayor Adams. But that's not all. There's also a star chase system that avoids dangerous car chases by attaching a GPS tag either by mounted or handheld launchers. And a robotic device called a DigiDog, which is designed to assist the NYPD in investigating high-risk or hazardous incidents. We want the public to know that the use of these technologies will be transparent, consistent and always done in collaboration with the people that we serve. The commissioner responding to intense community backlash the first time the NYPD tried to use the futuristic DigiDog during the de Blasio administration. Some described it as a manifestation of overly aggressive police tactics used in poor communities. People are, um, in Booker Daniels said, in the last days, knowledge shall be increased. So people are increasing knowledge on TikTok far more fast i mean far faster than they do on uh youtube or instagram or twitter you know it's more, like the, the guy that does all the research you know is, is always strange people that are deep dive in all these type of different rabbit holes and sometimes you find stuff but on tiktok those people are it's information everywhere what what do you how can you explain this for people that uh that, that think it's okay that's like yeah they're taking our information i agree it needs to be banned because you have two sides of the coin to this i've saw people make video uh not make videos but in the comments saying well yeah that they're uh taking our information but that's the selling point that's put out there so yeah. people can say that yeah they want you to they want to ban it like i said like people are able to uh come together quicker on tiktok than they do on you know facebook because you got to be a person friend or on tiktok the algorithm lets you let you get your thought out there to thousands of people you know what i'm saying if people like that thought then it you know it it, it continues to trend you know you have a higher a higher chance of going viral on tiktok do you do on any other app i think it's most like it's, it's the problem is the algorithm mm. and how loose it is. Mm. So it, you know misinformation like that they'll use that excuse misinformation could spread rapidly on there. Just like it can on other platforms, like, you know. But see, the U.S. can't censor it because they're not in control of it. They're not. Uh, they're not. They're not in control of it. Yeah. You know, they don't. Um, they can't see all the the, the algorithm. But well, they take your information as well. You know. I yeah. don't think China is, and if they is, then what they're gonna do with it? America does the same thing. That's the thing. Uh, Facebook, Instagram. Come on now, these they just hate that. They America. sell all our information to these advertisers. You talking about food? Next thing you know, you see a, a, a advertising about pizza or chicken. You know what I mean? They, like they just know that uh, over 180. What, 180 Over million? 180 million uh, Americans are yeah. uh, on TikTok. That's the highest. Yeah. So when it's a, a, a when it's higher. a president race, they probably a man. And they the and they and they got young people too. That's the thing too. Young yeah. people are on TikTok. Spreading information, doing it it it, it, it uh it makes. 
people do research. Mm. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. if you want to have a, a, a successful TikTok, they be like, okay, what do I want to talk about? Okay, I want to talk about Christ. Okay, so I got to bring up scripture. I got to go deep dive in scripture. I got, okay, uh, now uh, um, African-Americans, are they the Jews? Okay, let me do research on that so I can come to TikTok with some information that I learned. Oh, let me look up a map. Let me come to, you know what I'm saying? So every little part of it you you like people and looked up maps people and looked up bloodlines people and looked up the Able history to see of different the, perspectives the jews that are over yeah. there now the gazarians or whatever they're they're like putting that information on there and it's going viral like those i mean it's going viral those type of things are trending like all which has never really trended before right which right. was probably wouldn't be allowed to trend right. to be honest which with would you. be hitting but yeah. now it's, it's being exposed to the young people now and over 180 people, you know, 180, 180 million people. And so many bl- white brothers is coming out and saying, I can't believe they are the children. You know, it's people that's coming out and really saying this, man. These, these are the last days. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this this had a big impact on, 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 like I said, on knowledge being increased, man. TikTok. TikTok was number one. That's why they got to get it out of here. We can't, we and can't it's, control and it's, it. And it's constantly growing because they yeah. saying it's at 180 million now. Just a ma- look how many you had. I remember my nieces and nephews on TikTok before I even knew what it was. Okay, so you have um, now Mr. Beast defends his friend Chris Tyson from absurd online transphobia. So if you all don't know who Mr. Beast is, he is a YouTube megastar. This guy has over 145 million subscribers on YouTube. And listen, this is interesting because. You can't really He can cancel y'all Y'all really You know the people Gonna support him He he has a huge following Like his YouTube Consists of you know him He gives back He has content for kids You know he does a, a, A lot of stuff So It's not like They're gonna cancel him Of course not I think he has his own Burger or his own He has a lot of stuff but it says YouTube megastar Jimmy Donaldson, better known as uh, Mr. Beast, has spoken out in defense of his for his friend uh, Chris Tyson, who has faced online transphobia after sharing that that he has started hormone replacement therapy. Now, Tyson, who uses uh, who uses uh, any pronouns according to their Twitter bio, initially revealed that they are receiving gender-affirming care last Wednesday in response to a tweet about their current appearance that asked, bro, what the F happened? The YouTuber wrote HRT, and it's only been two months. Tyson, a childhood friend of Donaldson, is a frequent guest star on the mega on the mega popular YouTube channel. Now, Tyson additionally posted a side account, which she, he uses for everything, not Mr. Beast related, stating that informed consent of HRT saved my and many others' lives. He said the hurdles GNC people have to jump through to get life-saving, gender-affirming health care in a first-world country is wild to me, they say. Beast has been put in an extremely difficult situation because he built a multi-million dollar empire with innocuous, family-friendly content targeted at kids. And now his friend and collaborator and sidekick has decided to turn these videos into a sort of visual journal of his gender transition. So Mr. Beast has a choice. He can either kick Tyson off of the team and then be excoriated as a transphobe, or he can come out fully in favor of transgenderism and he can stay therefore in the graces of the the good graces of the media and LGBT activists, even if it means alienating a huge portion of his fan base, and especially the parents of his fan base. Well, unsurprisingly, he chose the latter. And now that he's gone down this road, there's really no coming back. You can expect much more pro-trans content from Mr. Beast. He said, just let people make informed decisions. Now, uh, he says, since then, Tyson and Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast have been the subject of transphobic speculation. Mr. Beast has made videos um, on his uh, behalf uh, coming out about this. Um, now, okay, two things. Why? He's saying that uh, transgender people or people seeking gender affirming care has to go through certain hurdles i mean people that don't have insurance and trying to get insurance has has to go through a lot of hurdles just to get regular health insurance or if you need to go to the hospital you ain't got insurance how they probably won't give you the care that somebody has insurance uh has so um 
sex shouldn't be based on you know what kind of care you should get. Yeah, you, Mr. You, you, Beast, he, he's really uh, showing that he is a Mr. Beast. <laughs> Gave his power over to the beast. <gasps> that man, hey, and so, but his friend Chris married. I think I think was married, had a child, and he's stepping away also to be to to go into a woman. And he's saying it's hard for people to get gender affirming care. Listen, Chris, I'm here to tell you, it's hard for for me to get regular care. So the Bible says homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God, and he's promoting that on his YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure he's he's not a follower of Christ either. Mm. So you know, because they have him showing him giving a lot of things, like giving money to people. Giving food plate, giving food yeah, away. That's works. They ain't, they ain't how you say. It. So I don't mean that. You good? That's good. You giving people food though. I'm pretty sure the people that got the plate, they had a good. You know, they enjoyed that meal. But that don't mean you say just because you're doing that. All right, guys. We got about two more topics, and we'll be out of here. Um, we got a high school basketball star Mikey Williams arrested facing felony gun charges. Oh, now, Mike, Mike want to be a thug. <laughs> oh, now, Mike He's been listening to too much NBA Youngboy mm, Too much, yeah, too much of that pistol toting music mm, That's what he's listening to It says, Mikey Williams, a star basketball recruit Who is signed to play for Memphis next season Was arrested Thursday in uh, California On suspicion of multiple accounts of assault with a deadly weapon now it says the San Diego Union Tribune both reported that Williams 18 was booked on suspicion of five felony accounts of assault oh, with gangsta. a deadly weapon. Oh, gangster. Williams was booked Thursday afternoon and released on a $50,000 bail just after midnight. No details on the alleged incident that led to the arrest have been released. Oh, trust me. At least they get a paycheck. Somebody going to speak out about it. Now, Williams emerged in recent years as one of the most popular amateur basketball players in social media. He amassed 3.8 million Instagram followers, 2.1 million followers on TikTok, and his highlights have uh, garnered uh, millions of views on YouTube. Um, his Instagram account was deactivated on Friday. Uh, not only that, but he was signed to... Okay, this is what I want to get to. It says, Williams turned the massive social media presence into lucrative endorsement deals, including a sneaker contract with Puma. In doing so, Williams became the first American high school basketball player to sign a deal with a global footwear company. Now, Williams, a six foot three guard, is ranked number 31 national in the class of 2023 by... By... Uh, by Rivals. But anyway, so... Here you are. You have um, a decent young man as for, you know, um, college basketball player, comes from a good family, uh, doesn't stay in the hood at all, uh, which is, I'm not saying is, is a, that, that's a good thing. Um, suburban, nice suburban area, goes to a good school, um, has endorsement deals all in high school, but um, letting this street trend get to him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of more, uh, just like it was a love and hip-hop sermon thesis. He said that his son is an, uh, is, expi- is inspiring to be an actor and has an agency. And he said his son wants to play the role of, of, of a drug dealer. And Mendeecees was basically saying that, man, it's, it's, interest- it's crazy to see my son want to play that role because he's never had ever had to live that life. He said, well, I have to go that. Well, maybe that would make him a good actor. Maybe the, since he never lived it, he might play it a, a, good, a good way. But for Mickey, I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no you're right. He, he, he looking at it like because that's the life that he want to live, and he, he know he can lived. live it through. He can live it through, through movies. Acting, he probably figured he never lived. Like you said, like that is like even though it might be easy for Medici because I I've done this, but for him he's looking at it like that that'll take a lot of uh, acting skill for me to pull that look off because I've never been around in that environment, and nor do I know. How it feels to be a drug dealer and what and kind of And it'd be character. cool. I feel empowered. That's what's being promoted now. See, well, I mean, at least he's at least he's saying acting. Yeah, yeah, and he's young. He's saying acting. But I'm saying, as far as Mickey Williams' case, you took it to a whole nother level. It's people trying to get out the hood and right. be in your position. Right. You know how many high schools playing ball right now in the hood in the projects that that's trying to get out and wish they'll be signed to a Puma or get these endorsement deals while they're in high school and get cameras on them to get their family out the hood, the projects, and you trying to go back there and you trying to go there. But a felony? 
I just th- I know I think it's flip flop. Now I'm not saying we didn't grow up in a suburban era. We we grew up in a black neighborhood. We've we've we know how the projects is. Right. It is not something that you you wish to uh, grow a family up in. So uh, Mickey Mickey, I hope I, I'm I'm pretty sure maybe he, look if he's maybe they'll find a way that these felony charges won't stick. Maybe the charges be dropped. I don't know, but. I'm sure they may have to pay this uh, family or whatever happened so this story or the footage won't get out. I think if that gets out, I think it'll be bad for him. I'm going to be honest. I think they may have to spend a check on it. I think. Okay. Second to last one. We got um, popular Christian clothing brand founder sentenced to 35 years in prison. Now, um, Jesse Ace Vives, the founder of the of the way brand clothing was arrested under suspicion of child molestation today it was reported uh that he was convicted of molesting multiple children over the course of 17 years he was originally arrested on june 17th of 2020 and there were three children linked to his name it was reported that three specific children were named in the case but unclear if those are the same ones it is said that he knew the victims um Aves was widely known in the Christian hip-hop community for his apparel and events. Many of your favorite artists have been booked by him for concerts and have and have worn his merch. This is a very sad situation, and uh, they say they even hate to report on it. Um, mm. Wow. Uh, I got... Let's see, last one. Um... That's the last one, guys. Um, We're going to go into the dream of the week. Yeah. We got the first ever smart gun with fingerprint and facial recognition unlocking system hits the market. Now, the world's first smart gun hits the market, uh, complete with a life-saving fingerprint unlocking system that prevents unauthorized people such as kids and criminals from affirming it. See, this is good. See, anytime... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. They're always going to put that up first so they can sell you the benefit package of it, of why you should get this, why you should get a smart gun. Um, Of course, even if you have a gun, you should have it locked in the safe anyway. It shouldn't be around a child anyway. Uh, It says, uh, the cutting-edge 9mm handgun locks out everybody except the owner (laughs) and uses specifically approved by the owner technology that could improve gun safety in America, according to reps from the gun safety. It says, right now it seems like the entire country is always uh, processing a new tragedy involving children and guns. The Colorado-based firm CEO... Uh, Kai Clofer told the Post, we are offering a real solution at a time when solutions seem very hard uh, to come by. Now, the gun, the, uh, it says a $1,500 uh, gun unlocks in less than a second uh, using either a fingerprint or a facial recognition sensor, then quickly locks again when it's no longer in use. Then they say, as gun control legislation uh, remains largely stalled in the U.S., the innovation could help prevent everything from school shootings to accidents and suicides. They said, we are not claiming that the BioFire smart gun is going to prevent every instance of firearm uh, misuse, but we do believe this tool can help prevent some firearm suicides, accidents, and injuries from occurring. If our work saves even one child's life, it will be worth it. Amen. <clears throat> At least, at least the guys that are stealing pistols, they come, they get one, they steal one of those type of guns. They won't be able to use it. It'll be mm-hmm. of no use because it already, you know, your face is on it and your fingerprint is on it. So, uh, but shoot, but what cool. if it? But, but, but what if when you really need it, somebody breaking in your house, oh, you got a malfunction. Oh, no, I got a scan. Oh, yeah. I got. I can't get get what I need. <laughs> Man, they finna kill me, man. <laughs> you said it. Wait, that's my default malfunction. Battery low. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, any, like I don't know. But, but yeah. So, yeah, this is a step. And the thing is, if someone man, is trying to steal you your gun. fighting. Man, beat the heck out of you with that pill. <laughs> you can't even use it. You start running at you. Oh. Because I'm sure maybe this gun can lock you out. Beat Let's, you know, may, maybe you didn't pay your uh, fines and tickets at a time. Turn this, that mug off. This is going to be in the system. A digital gun is registered. So if you uh, well, if you pay monthly, they give you a gun that you can pay monthly on. 
You don't yeah, you, know, you miss a payment. You miss a payment. That gun is cut off. You know, your carbon footprint, you're using too much electric electricity, you're talking too much stuff on the internet. We we gonna freeze your gun up for about two months. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. But bring uh, it to the door. He already tight. Bring it to the door. Bring the pistol to the door. But uh guys, that's all we have for you today. Uh stay tuned. Uh Des is gonna lead us into our uh, dream of the week. We thank you all for liking and supporting our channel. Amen. Uh comment, uh Jesus is King, Jesus is our Lord. Jesus, Lord. Uh, if you have any um a testimony that you wanna share or anything, uh please hit us up. Uh thank you for your support. We love you all. All right. Jesus is Lord. My God. Uh Acts two uh verses seventeen. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. God bless y'all. All right. I actually got left behind in a dream, and I'm confused. I'm a Christian. I mean, I'm saved. I don't have any secret hidden sins, and I'm just thinking about why why did I get left behind? So in a dream, I'm walking with my son. He's one years old. He's in the stroller. We're walking in like this mall strip. There's like a movie theater right there. And I turned around just for a second and looked up. My son, when I turned back around, my son was just completely gone. I just started losing it. Like, where is my child? Where's my child? Then it just is like complete chaos just broke out. So I'm just in shambles. I'm so hurt. Like. I don't know where my child is. Everything in the world is just falling apart. I run into this church. When I run into the church, there's people in there. They're crying. They're passing out. They're falling out. Um, people I knew, like I knew personally, were actually in the dream, which is what hurt my heart as well. People who aren't saved. And they were just like, Mary, what's going on? What's going on? And it just dawned on me. And I just said, Jesus came back, y'all. And I woke up. And I just, at first I thought God gave me the dream. So I can tell people like, get ready. But about three days ago, I was praying about it. And I was actually looking up other YouTubers. And everybody who got left behind, they had something that they were, that they didn't know or that they were dealing with. I was talking to God and I was praying and the Lord just let me know like, that dream was for me. It wasn't for me to get ready, get ready. And then I'm just like, you're good. No, that dream was for me. And it was God telling me, I have unforgiveness in my heart. I wrote down a list, actually, of stuff that I deal with personally. And it's like God told me, I examine the heart. So I cannot have all these secret sins and I can be doing good, what I think is good. But God was like, no, I, I examine the heart. God knew what was in my heart. I had unforgiveness in my heart. Pride was in my heart. Um, just, it was about four or five other things that were in my heart that were so ugly. And it's crazy because we really think that our heart is so pure. A lot of us do. I did. I thought my heart...